the disruptions have been global. Pharmaceutical products are coming much later, automobiles, anything to do with electronics is coming much later, but also the impact has been on job market as well. Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at how Africa can deepen global supply chains and develop its own economies at the same time. For the past few years, the normal flow of goods of almost everything we buy has been badly disrupted by disease, conflict and economic uncertainty. To make trade more resilient, countries, companies and investors are looking at ways to strengthen and diversify global supply chains. Africa holds a big key. As the UN's latest Economic Development in Africa report says, the continent of 1.4 billion people could turn the disruptions into opportunities. Africa has vast resources needed by high-tech sectors, along with huge markets. So here to talk about how the continent can get there is Paul Akawumi, a director of the Africa Least Developed Countries and Special Programme Division at UNCTAD. Born in Ghana, he studied oceanography in the UK. A keen diver for many years, he's committed to preserving our environment both in the sea and on land. Well, welcome to the show, Paul. It's nice to have you back. Good morning to you. Thank you for having me. To start with, give us an overview of where Africa now fits into the global supply chains. Well, we picked this particular subject because during the COVID pandemic, it was very clear that there was disruption of many supply chains, as you mentioned, but some of the critical ones, which are the high knowledge, high intensity, and high technology supply chains were disrupted, such as the pharmaceuticals, the automobile industry, the mobile phones. And so it was important for us to see how Africa could participate in actually getting into the global supply chains of these high tech now, Africa has generally supported the, so these type of supply chains at the raw material level, providing simply the raw materials for the production of tier two, which is the processed bits of the raw material, and then it's shipped out of the continent. And what we're seeing here is that for a number of reasons, Africa can play a critical role in this because, first of all, there is a middle-income tech-savvy population coming up. We've all heard about the youth bulge in Africa, and many of them are tech savvy and have that capacity and skills knowledge. The second thing is that they do have the raw materials on the continent itself. So it makes sense to be able to process these raw materials rather than shipping them out in bulk. Transport costs would be less. And also you have the skill sets within the content as well. How have these disruptions, though, affected the continent? The disruptions have been global because there's a backlog of the disruptions of the supply chain, and it has affected Africa as it has affected anywhere in the globe. Pharmaceutical products are coming much later. Automobiles are coming much later. Anything to do with electronics is coming much later. But also the impact has been on the job market as well because you had to delay or lay off people because you're not getting regular supplies of the inputs required to produce certain things. 
And so it has had a terrible impact also on the profits of companies and also, therefore, they've seen that there's a need to diversify their supply chains, to not be married just to one supplier. Globally, the benefits would be that there would continuous supply of these high-tech, high-knowledge to the globe as a whole, that there would be no disruptions like we've seen before. It is good for the global economy, but for Africa as well, it would be good because they can participate. They hold a large amount of raw materials required for the green transition into the energy sector. And this is critical because not only do they need to ensure that they have good contractual agreements for the extraction, but also that they can actually process this. So it provides new jobs as well. Secondly, they will be able to take it to another level we've seen because of the skill set. So it provides not only jobs, but also provides good jobs for the up and coming youth as well. And this is also important because we also have the African continental free trade area. So the market expands dramatically with regard to the supply chain. So it is benefits both the multinational, the global and the African continent as well. Well, the Africa report talks about the factors of procurement, production and distribution. And you talked a bit about raw materials. What are Africa's advantages in these areas and what practical steps must countries and companies take to mm. overcome the challenges? When we were carrying out the study, we discovered that there are quite a number of African countries who have the potential and are actually producing tier one products. Those are the products, the final products, which will then put together to create something. For example, automobile industry, it might be the engine can be produced. And we've seen quite a number of countries, five or six of them, have that capability. So this is very beneficial for the continent. Secondly, there are many of the African countries which also have the, the capabilities and technology and skills to produce tier two, which is very producing the nuts and bolts, producing fabric, producing the tires for, for example, the automotive sector. These elements certainly show us that there is progressively a move towards this high technology, high intensive sectors, and the whole continent would benefit. So I think this is very critical for not just the multinational companies, but Africa. Now, with regard to multinational companies, they also have to play their part and that they ensure that there's backward linkages to the economy, but more importantly, that they transfer the technology required and provide training and skilled to skill up the labor to be able to produce those parts that they require for the supply chain. And with the African continent free trade area, there's a movement of goods very freely. Talked about technology. Now, that's obviously a big theme of the report. How can Africa help to diversify global supplies of materials to high-tech industries? And where can it build value-added industries at home? like to use a model of perhaps the smartphone. I think Africa, first of all, has the raw materials there, cobalt, nickel, tin. So it has those. It can process those to the next level where they can actually produce the screens, the, the uh, batteries, they can produce the uh, electronic boards for it. So that is a lot of new technology that will be coming in. Now, there will be need for government to play an active role in this as well, need for the right incentives to be there to attract the multinational companies. There's a need for the right incentives to be there to ensure that the skill sets are supported by 
the educational system as of the country as a whole to produce the skills required for the economy. There's a need for there to be new policies to support the infrastructure because with supply chains, you need good infrastructure, trade logistics as well. And there's a need not only for the hard infrastructure, but also the soft infrastructure. That's all the high technology, uh, IT. So government has a critical role to play as well as multinational firms. So they really need to work very close hand in hand as what the key issues are. And governments are beginning to hear all of these concerns that the private sector have. So in order for them to be competitive, policies have to be put in place that can control and regulate these things. Financial capital has to be available. One of the key things about financing in Africa is that it has to move beyond the traditional lending. The second thing has to be is that the interest rates for borrowing are so high, the 18, 19% when you compare to other parts of the world. And it's very difficult for private sector to borrow and still be competitive in the global market and the supply chain. Despite being so rich in resources, and as we've spoken, Africa's played a relatively undersized part in supply chains. What more do companies, banks and multilateral agents need to do to strengthen and expand these links? I think one of the key things for multinational banks and also agencies is that they must support very clearly the development aspirations of the country. And they shouldn't create parallel programs to those aspirations. The governments have to try and listen very clearly to the private sector what the policies they require that gives them the leverage and opportunity to grow and expand. What is important is that they have to have the right policies to allow venture capital firms, private equity firms to ease more easily infiltrate into the market and support these, not just the multinational firms, but also the local firms to be able to produce those intermediaries that are required for assembly of any of these products. So it's a range of policies, but it has to be done holistically. But lastly, I would say is that they have to move swiftly towards the full implementation of the African continental free trade area. When there are no tariffs, everybody can move, everybody will find their niche of their expertise where they are. And these parts could be assembled and the multinational firms will benefit significantly from scale of of the market as well, and also from the availability of skilled labor throughout the continent. Okay, well, thank you so much to Paul Akarumi from UNCTAD for being this week's guest. Tune into the Weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.